everybody, the SWP is brought to you by All Insurance Ontario and Jim K. Ford, where you can custom order your next Ford vehicle to ensure you get the exact vehicle you want at the right time. Easy steps. Jump online at jimkford.com, select your vehicle, choose your model, trim, and options. Then the Jim K. Ford team will contact you to confirm your selections and pricing and answer all your questions before your order is placed. Easy as that. Your vehicle created your way. Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or jimkford.com. Do you ever wonder how to answer the questions your insurance company is asking? What do they really want to know? Like I drive to work, but only twice a week. Let me deal with it for you. I'm literally an expert. I'm on your side virtually for free. Text me, Jared Gerard, 613-801-2659. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. The SWP with Steve Warren and Jim Jerome. Ottawa Sports Talk every weekday. Right then, off and running, it is the SWP. My name is Steve Warren. It's all about sports and whatever. Jim Jerome here. Hump day! Hump day! Mike, 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 Mike! Hump day! What? Hump day! Hump day! Hump yes. day, Stevie. <laughs> yes, because it's in the middle, and therefore it must be a hump. Why, why can't it be Not- a flat middle? Why does it always have to be a hump? Flat day. See, it doesn't sound as good. No, it doesn't. Yeah, We're doesn't over the hump. hump. We're over day. the hump is what it is. I uh, thought it was always a bit of a sexual uh, saying, Steve. You're a bit of a Wednesday humper? Plow day. Every day is plow day here at the uh, Tigor. <laughs> Tigor? Whoa. Time for well, another what coffee. What are you doing? Yeah. Jimmy's liking his sexy time on Wednesdays. <laughs> Wednesdays. Hey, now, put your hands together for whoever's around. Some sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump in. Let's. Uh, I need distractions. Uh, what are you, you got anything on the go right now That uh, in the chit-chat portion of the show? I'm back. Uh, I told you yesterday I'm back. I'm back golfing. Oh. Um, Has it happened? Nice job on the editing, Stevie, of the Suspendables. Thank uh, you. One one day we're going to do the uncut version, as Rusty uh, tried to take down our guest. <laughs> as you do, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> anyway, interesting, right? There's a big. Uh, you love hockey, and uh, a friend of mine runs this big tournament, right? The, it's called the Brick Hockey Tournament. They've been doing it for thirty years, uh, and they have the best of the best, Stevie. But maybe I like you, and certainly Russ. Uh, when you said the best of the best, I, there's 14 teams, he said, in North America. So I just assumed that these are already made-up teams that come and play in this tournament. And when, when Craig said that they're the best of the best, Russ said, well, they can't be the best of the best, right? Uh, anyway, when he corrected us, uh, this thing becomes a remarkable hockey tournament. He said, no, 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 they, the kids are scouted, okay? These 11, 10 and 11-year-olds. Uh, Steve are scouted and the and they're they're part of a made up team of the kids who are the best. Yeah, not scouted North by America. the NHL or junior teams, just scouted to find out who will make up these teams from across Canada. Yeah, yeah I'm going to get over there today or sometime this week to to, to watch some of it because they are incredible. Uh, they are incredible. So uh, that's what's on for the week. I'm gonna I'm gonna blast over there and watch some kids play. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend I'm a bad parent, Steve. Hmm. What a stretch. (laughs) (laughs) 
You're really busting out your acting chops there. Oh, that boy Steve. <laughs> Bringing in no. on hump day. hump day. That's not a stretch, Jimmy, you piece of shit parent. No, you. no I'm oh. kidding. I joke. Oh, I that's joke. funny. It's funny. I love that. I love that. So I remember I was just to give you an idea of what that tournament means to the kids. So yeah. this is this is obviously years later because he's playing in the NHL. Uh, I was emceeing the Capital City Condors golf tournament over at Greyhawk. And mm-hmm. so Kyle Turris was uh, very well connected with the Capital City Condors. And uh, if you don't know the Condors, they basically, it's hockey for high needs people, uh, both kids right. and young adults. And it, it's a great thing. And all the, all the while Kyle Turris was here, he was phenomenal with that group. In fact, I think he had a playoff winning goal in overtime. And when it was over... He didn't go out partying with the team. I think they'd won the series. He went to a Capital City Condors banquet. That's that's how close he was Come to on. this group. Wow. Yeah, what a great guy. Anyway, at the tournament, the golf tournament, Kyle Turris and I were, were chatting, not to name drop or anything, but just to give you an idea of what the brick tournament meant. He played in this tournament in, I think, 1999. And I just, uh-huh. out of the blue, one day came across him scoring a goal. And it's, it was a beauty for a kid his age. And I mentioned that I'd seen it just making small talk and his eyes lit up about playing in the brick hockey tournament and what that meant to him at that age. All those years later, he's now making millions and millions of dollars as an NHLer. You'd think that that would be something that had faded badly from memory, but he he absolutely loved talking about that. So neat tournament for sure. Tons of the kids who play there. So they they literally are the best young kids. uh, Are they as young as nine, Steve? Or say 10 and 11 year olds. 10 and 11. Exactly. Uh, yeah, they're the best in the in the continent for sure, and and maybe the world uh, that gather for this tournament. They've been doing it for thirty two years. So, Jordan Eberle, Stephen Stamkos, PK Subban, Jonathan Taves, just to name a few, yep. who played in that tournament and of course went on to an unbelievable career. So, uh, anyway, I'm going to blast over there. Like I said, have a look. Yeah, and they I guess COVID has wiped out the last couple. So, uh, back to business and. Another sign of getting back to normal. Oh, I saw a tweet today that said, here in the last week in Ottawa, that our COVID rate has doubled. So I don't know. Uh oh. I don't know. I Uh-oh. don't know if people would, if COVID went back to where it was when it was at its worst, I really think you're going to have a hard time with buy in if you decided to start telling people to stay home again. I, I oh, don't, my God. You, you damn yeah. near have a revolution at this stage, would you not? You know, the the path that COVID took personally, you know, I was super scared about it, as you know. And then, you know, I I, I heard incidents of it. it. It grew, it grew, it grew. It was it was a tragic thing, you know, when it kicked in Italy, China. Um, and then it sort of uh, was scaring me and everybody else, right, where I was just watching reports, the increase of it, the, the hospitalizations, the deaths. Uh, primarily in older people, and then it kind of flattened out. Um, and then I I took a trip to Florida, as you know, in February, where you wouldn't even know there's COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never got it. I got all my vaxes and boosters. Uh, but since then, Steve, I I now now I know many 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 people personally. I know them who've had COVID, who've had COVID. So, um, including my family, including my daughter, including my son. I'm pretty, uh, sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure 90% of the population has had COVID by now. Yeah. Touch Just wood. A, I, I, if I had it, I didn't know. But yeah, the one thing about the vax is that the people did get it are relieved that they were vaccinated because the symptoms are far less. 
didn't didn't yeah. beat them up as bad as it was beating people up. So yeah. fingers you know, crossed. I, I want to kind of take that walk that comment back about you know it'd be a revolution, nobody tolerated. Like I think the only people that feel that way are the people that weren't really touched by it. I don't think anybody's saying that if you have you know were touched by it and lost a family member or watched someone suffer. Um, right. Right. So I guess it's one of those it's easy for you to say, Steve, that there'd be a big revolution, no one would tolerate it. Uh that's that's basically the commentary of someone who was blessed enough to not have had right. to see I, or deal with a serious case of COVID. I, I did know a couple of people uh that got it when when it first hit. Uh and they were laid up, Steve, for six to eight weeks. Yeesh. Gripped by it. Absolutely gripped by it. But but I don't hear of that much anymore. So. Right. All right, let's jump in. There's some Sens news. The Ottawa Senators yesterday decided to put Colin White on waivers for the purposes of a buyout. This was their 2015 first rounder. He was seen Mm -hmm. as a core guy when they drafted him. He's a guy for the future, even four years later. Just three years ago, they signed him to a six-year contract with $4.75 million a year, and they were glad of it. They felt like at the time it was a deal. Three years into that six-year contract, they are planning to buy him out now that he has cleared waivers. He just was not the player that they had hoped, but it's funny how things can change. There's probably guys like that throughout the league where you think they're one thing and then their circumstances change and they're not that anymore. When Colin White got his big contract and put up some decent points in his rookie year, he was playing with Mark Stone and Brady Kachuk. Those are two pretty damn good line line mates. Right. And his head coach then was Guy Boucher. Boucher gets fired that spring. Mark Stone gets traded away that spring. Colin White suddenly has the pressure of a big contract a few months later. And so I don't know if DJ Smith was ever his biggest fan. And suddenly the uh, beginning of the end is here. And so Colin White is no longer a member of the Ottawa Senators. Or he will. That'll be... It's a buyout scenario. I'm not sure what the timeline is, if they've actually right. done it yet, but uh, they're in the buyout window right now, and Colin White's days as an Ottawa senator almost certainly through, and the Habs are said to be fairly interested because their new GM is Kent Hughes, and guess who his former client is? Because Kent Hughes used to be a player agent. Colin White is one of his clients oh, of there the past. Yeah. Yeah, so Should might, be able to put a deal together there. Yeah, that might point. be a good fit for sure. Imagine trying to run a hockey team, Steve, and then uh, when you're looking at um, – you know, you're trying to hit the ceiling, yeah. you know, get above the floor, the salary cap. And then someone reminds management, it's like, by the way, how, mu- how much do we want to put aside for having to buy out contracts? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like every freaking team, right? <laughs> like, uh, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, we Put aside a lose five to ten mil because it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen, you know. Yeah, that's going to go bad. That's a tough thing to ask for when you're the general manager who made that decision to sign this guy, and now you're going back and saying, "Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to buy this guy out now. It's gonna cost us money, but it doesn't cost a ton." I didn't know this that if you're under age 26 as an NHL player, and they buy yeah. you out, it's only a third of the contract. Oh. I didn't know that till this uh, oh, this okay. call. I yeah. never knew. I did not know that. Yeah. So. They decided, okay, we'll save two-thirds of Colin White's contract by asking him to go away, and that's that. Spitzbat, that's that. Uh, I'm going to do that with my kids, Steve, when it comes time to have to pay up for their college and university. Sure. You know what? You're only getting a third. Yeah. 
You're only getting the third. Okay. You're going to have to see if some other family will pick you up. (laughs) (laughs) You're on waivers, draft, Stevie. I'd like to put my conditional pick. Here you go. Take my kids. Okay. (laughs) Three years to make a deal. Uh. (laughs) Of course, the NHL draft is set for Thursday night. That being tomorrow as we record this. And uh, this is why all this stuff is coming up right now. People clearing out space to maybe make deals and the Sens. According to Pierre Dorian, who was on the radio today on TSN 1200. You know that place, James, TSN 1200. Sure, I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he said they're 50-50 on trading their number seven overall pick. There's lots of talk going on about it. And uh, so if they make a deal, uh, you start wondering, okay, what's happening out there? And uh, one of the names that are out there, Claude Giroux, Sens and the Hurricanes, according to Pierre Lebrun, are indeed among the potential suitors. For UFA forward Claude Giroux, Oilers, your Oilers, also reportedly interested in him. He's 34 years of age, but the Sens certainly have the hometown advantage because he is from here. His wife is from here. And uh, Sens do have a lot of cap space, $27 million. And I'm not even sure if that includes uh, the hit on Colin White. So they do need another top six forward. So a lot of Sens fans would like to see that happen. The question is, at 34, is it wise to dump 5 or $6 million on a guy when you've got so many young kids this summer and next summer? Josh Norris this year, Tim Stutzla next year. These are a lot of guys that have their hand out waiting for big paydays as well. Steve, who, are the top, who, are the, who gets the top three picks and who's going to go? Uh, give me, give me it, these names. Well, right now it's looking like um, at number one, Montreal will probably take... Uh, Wright from the Kingston Frontenacs, Shane Wright. Uh-huh. And then next is Slavkovsky. He is, um, he's expected to go to number two to, I think Jersey is next. I'm just prattling off a bunch of names. They're not, they don't mean anything. Right, to you, right. Yeah. Um, no, no, the, but I, but the good, the good listeners. A good listener but, for sure. Um, no, so no, yeah, no. after that, it's um, Logan Cooley is a possibility. Um, the one I like for the Sens at seven is two. I like uh, Matt Savoy. He plays out okay. in the Western Hockey League and uh, tore it up as an 18-year-old, something like 90-something points in 50-some games. So he's a beauty, not that big. And uh, mm-hmm. Cutter Goche, who's from the American National Team Program. So if the Sens do go at number seven and make the selection and don't trade it away, those are one of the two guys I would like to see them end up with. Going to watch for that. All right, sir. Sad news in the NHL today. Brian Marchmont passed away. I was like, what? Yikes. Feels like he played like about five minutes ago. Right. He passed right. away today at the age of 53. He played 17 years in the NHL, played for nine teams. What I remember Brian Marchmont is, is consistently getting suspended, very frequently yeah. for kneeing guys. Knee on knee hits. Brian Marchmont did a lot of those and was heavily criticized for it, but solid Tough career, a lot of fights for Brian Marchment, very physical defenseman, but passed away at the age of 53 today. He's a shark scout, and I guess he's in Montreal for the draft tomorrow night. And I guess he was found in his hotel room. No cause of death has been announced. And uh, they found him passed away yesterday at the age of 53 and uh, leaves behind a wife, a son. His, uh, his son is uh, Florida yeah, Panthers it's... forward Mason Marchment and has a daughter, Logan. So. Definitely some very sad news today. Yeah, you wonder if um, 
you know, when you talk about all that stuff, right, you, you go right to the concussion syndrome. Right. Uh, and I wonder, I, I guess some of these guys, Steve, have stepped up about organ donation to, to try and further the research on some of this stuff. I, that seems a little chilly to say that today, but uh, I don't know what to say about it. I, I, when, when you tell me that stuff, you know, yeah. I've, never, I've never known what to, how to react to it. Um, yeah, I but, don't know. I, I, I guess, I mean, if you're a San Jose Shark scout and you're joining the team at the draft, because CTE usually suggests, you know, all kinds of troubled social behavior and things. Um, right. It would speak to me to that, that, you know, that things seem to be going okay. And it may have just been one of those sudden things. We don't know cause of death, but just speculation on the CTE front, by the way, to what you were talking about. Um, there was an old, uh, not even that old. He just passed away in December at the age of 33, but a former NFL receiver in Demarius Thomas, one of the best receivers for a time. Uh, Peyton right. Manning would chuck balls to him in the Denver Broncos. So they did, in fact, allow his brain to be studied after his passing, and he indeed did have, I guess, stage two CTE following this uh, brain right. study through the Concussion Legacy Foundation. And uh, it, 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 we all love contact sports, but as time marches on, um, we're seeing – you know, the fallout from it. And I don't want to involve Marchmont in, in necessarily in this discussion, but um, you see the behaviors that happen with these guys, cognitive mood abnormalities. And so family right. members say that Thomas in his early thirties, he was dealing with depression, anxiety, panic attacks, trouble with memory. And so I guess stage four is the most severe stage of CTE. And Thomas was well into stage two, according to the study. And uh, man, these guys, when you talk about the money they make in contact sports, these guys mm-hmm. earn it. They earn every penny. What well, you know what? Um, what what'll we what'll be sort of curious is uh, it, it's kind of like I I know that's going to happen. Okay, if some guy donates his brain to research, right, and they it, it looks like they go okay, uh, we've looked at this, and yes, he's got concussion syndrome. Okay, he's got. So, what are we gonna do, right? Well, what do they do about it, Steve? It's almost a given that if these guys do that and they don't, they, they donate their brain to this research, that they're gonna come away and go, yes, yes, he had, you know, concussion problems, brain damage. And so, it's, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, so now what? Now what? Right. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that every time you do this, there's gonna be some indication of it. So, what are we gonna do in the world of sports? You know what I'm saying, Steve? It's like, okay, another guy with, with, with this syndrome, right? And, and you know, damaged from concussions. They're, what are you going to do? What, what are you going to do, right? If, well, you see if the, the damage, for sure. And, and you see the damage and, and you suggest safety measures. And so much of the football world stands up and says, oh, God, are we, are we getting to get to the wussification now of the football world, too? And it's... It, because I mean, people like like the physicality of football, but mm-hmm. who, who can say they like hearing what happened to Thomas? And there's nothing you can do. I don't think there's any true safety measure when you've got a contact sport where one side is trying to run as fast as they can in one direction, and the other side is trying to run as fast in the other direction to stop you. There's always going to be massive right. hits that cause concussion. There's no getting around that, unless maybe you 
you know, you got to a situation and I can't see this obviously, but the only thing I could think of would be you can only tackle guys from the waist down. Well, the other thing though, Steve is in fairness to the NFL and the NHL, right? They've got concussion protocol. So this has been going on for a while now where if a referee, uh, you know, looks at it and says, okay, you need, you need to go to the sideline to get into the, the protocol tent because you took a hard hit. So then they do, and if, they, if the guy's showing signs of, of, of head injury, then they say, okay, you can't play anymore. So that's a big step, right, Stevie? That, that, to, to, to look at that and say, okay, whoa, 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 you can't go back in. How mm-hmm. long does the guy stay out, Steve? I, I, I guess then they say, okay, you can't play the rest of the game. You need you need to go to the doctor, and they need to figure out how how hurt you are, and and then and then they got to come up with a hard fast rule. Going okay, you're out for three weeks, man, and otherwise, if you play with a concussion, I mean, do we really need to talk about what can happen there, right? So yeah, they are doing that. They are doing that. So well, I got to say, I got to tip my cap to the CFL. Like I saw one of the most bold decisions I've ever seen an officiating crew come up with. And I'm including the concussion spotter in the officiating crew. So if mm-hmm. you can picture it, I think it was, yeah, it would have been week one and Ottawa's got the lead. Picture this Ottawa's got the lead. They're up by, I think I don't know, three or four points and Winnipeg's got a minute left to charge down the mm-hmm. field. And Zach Kalaros, who I think was the most outstanding player in the league last year. And this is opening mm-hmm. week. The defending champions, they're about to lose to the worst team in the CFL. And Kolaros is driving the team downfield, and he gets hit really, really hard as he scrambles out of the pocket. There's only time for about three plays left in the entire game, and they still pulled him out of the game. Concussion spotter said, hey, superstar quarterback in the CFL, you're out of the game for three plays so that you can go be checked for a concussion. And I thought that, good for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was really bold and courageous because they knew they were going to take heat for that, but uh, they shouldn't because health needs to come mm-hmm. first every single time. Right. All right, let's take a time out of the program. You've heard a lot from me over the last three years, and I think I can help you. My goal is to save you money, and I'll make it easy too. I won't waste your time with 25 questions about whether you got your G1 on a Tuesday or a Friday. Text QUOTE to 860-6008 to get started. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. If you're thinking of a nice used vehicle for the summer, but you're a little uncertain about it, you want to make a smart choice, well, Jim K. Ford removes all of your worries. Jim K. Ford is your Ottawa-certified pre-owned Ford dealer. You got a 12-month, 20,000-kilometer limited warranty coverage when you buy. History report of the vehicle. Purchase financing rates from 1.99%, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. Now, that's peace of mind when you're getting a used vehicle. Check out JimKFord.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. Feels like five seconds ago, James, that Baker Mayfield was the number one overall selection, and the Cleveland Browns traded him today. The Cleveland Browns just have no luck Why? when it comes to <laughs> drafting quarterbacks. I think about Johnny Manziel. I think about Tim Couch in the past. Some others as well. They think they get the guy and then all of a sudden, no. Um, they feel like they've got their quarterback now by way of free agency and that they brought in Deshaun Watson, despite what I, I'm going to count here. Carry the one. 5,000 different massage therapists that have complained 
about Deshaun Watson, but that's oh, yeah, a story yeah, for yeah, another yeah, day. Yeah, Cleveland yeah, took yeah, him yeah, on anyway. Yeah, yeah. And so Baker Mayfield said, I feel 100% disrespected leading into the team's acquisition of Watson. And so they mm-hmm. traded, Cleveland did, Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers today for a conditional fifth rounder. That's just... Uh, that's all that guy got? If you felt disrespected before, now it's a <laughs> fifth rounder all of a sudden for a guy that was uh, a first overall selection just a few years ago. Anyway, yeah. so Mayfield's departure leaves... Jacoby Brissett is the Browns' main backup behind Watson. And I guess uh, right now the Browns are still waiting on this disciplinary hearing for Watson, who still faces four lawsuits alleging he committed sexual misconduct or sexual assault during massage sessions. He settled Mm -hmm. 20 similar lawsuits in June. Cleveland really wants a win uh, because uh, that's a lot to take on in your quarterback. Well, that, 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 Steve, that whole story rubs me the wrong way <laughs> yeah so it'll be interesting to see how mayfield makes out in a uh i, I have no doubt that he's gonna beat out sam darnold um he was there's another guy that was in the same draft year so you had uh cleveland taking baker mayfield right. number one overall and then a few picks later sam darnold was chosen by the new york jets and so i guess uh right now you're hoping if you're cleveland that uh one of these guys pans out, or Carolina, I should say. Closing mm-hmm. it out today, the uh, Colorado Avalanche and their Stanley Cup parade. Poor old Bo Byram. He's had a tough year. Speaking of concussions, there's a guy that uh, almost wanted to quit the game back in November. He missed three months of the season dealing with concussion and uh, went back to his mom and dad. He's like 21, 22 years old, just a kid. And they came back and was amazing in the playoffs. And so he's feeling okay. You know, the world's a fine place to be. I'm a Stanley Cup champion. I was a big contributor on the blue line for the Avs. No respect. Mm -hmm. He decided to jump off his float during the Stanley Cup parade, say hi to a few of the fans. He's two-fisting it with a couple of cans of beer, tried to get back to the float, and there's a cop on a bike giving him the old Heisman and say, slow down there, kid. (laughs) Get back behind the ropes with the rest of the fans. He's like, hey, hey. I'm a player. Yeah. And so all the guys right. started shouting finally from the from the floats and finally let him through. But uh, that cop had to be a bit red-faced that uh, he was keeping one of the actual players. Everybody well, was celebrating away from the, the floats. Do you think do you think do you think fans, Steve, are a little crazy? Okay, if you watch that vid, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like so he comes over, he's giving a beer, and then the cop comes over, okay? And in about one second flat, okay, there's nine, there's nine people who go maniacal. They're like, ah! They had the lung butter in there too. Yeah, they did. Both of them did. I have no, I have no doubt. It's like calm down, boys. Okay, calm down. Okay, we'll we'll get them back on the float. Okay, he's on the team. I love it. Uh, The Abs, by the way, re-signed Andrew Cogliano. Speaking of Stanley Cups, uh, he was the guy that got handed the cup. So basically, right. it was, if memory serves, Gabriel Landeskog handed it off to Eric Johnson, who was the longest-serving Colorado Avalanche, and then it was handed to Cogliano right after that, which I think speaks big time as to how respected sure. he is in that dressing room for sure. So he's just re-signed, and uh, a one-year deal worth $1.25 million. I'm sure he's just glad to be back and uh, not have to worry about that, be able to celebrate 
with the Stanley Cup at some stage this summer. And uh, congrats to him for that. And we'll call it. Yeah, he was right here, there. right? He he played in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Good was a guy with uh, the Sens farm team, played for the 67s, named Jason Bailey. I think he's still in town here. And uh, after one of the Greco shows, Cogliano, who's a friend of Jason Bailey, they both played at Michigan together. We all went over to Nicastro's for breakfast. And what a good guy Andrew Cogliano is. Really good guy. Yeah, so he's actually selected by the Oilers back in, in 2005 in the first round. And he was actually part of the, because there was a point there where Danny Heatley, he wanted uh, out of Ottawa and... He nixed a trade to Edmonton because he had a no trade. Yeah. And I think Cogliano was supposed to come to Ottawa in the midst of that deal, and it got nixed by Heatley. But Cogliano recorded an 830-game Ironman streak from October 4th, 2007 to January 2018, fourth longest at the time. And he's one of two skaters to appear in 800 consecutive games from the start of their career. Doug Jarvis would be the other. So, anyway. yeah. You know, I know, I know the inside scoop on Heatley. Uh, nixing the Oilers. Um, Kevin Lowe uh, was in the uh, front office at the time, so he was part of this crew trying to put this deal together and apparently said, okay. Right? They said, okay, I'm in, man. I'm in. So three or four of them from the office jumped on a plane. He was out in BC, I believe, at the time. And they made their way there through the day to, to you know, Kevin's a, Kevin's a smart dude and believes in sort of this face-to-face stuff and the, they were over the top that he was going to come and they so they flew out there sat him down for lunch and went this is great you know da 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 he went yeah i don't want to do it anymore you got <laughs> that was the end, end of the lunch yeah really? that's how that came down hmm. all that stuff with heatley the deal would have been andrew cogliano dustin penner and defenseman ladislav schmied Mm-hmm. But he killed go. it. He killed the deal. He killed the deal. Yeah, he killed it between between the entree and dessert. Wow. Not going to go. Not going to go. And didn't give a real good explanation why or anything like that? I, I don't think so. Yeah, it was just, he just cold cocked them. I yeah. mean, they, between the time they got in a plane and by the time they got out there. Yeah. yeah. At the time, I'm thinking Danny Heatley's career kind of went sideways after that. He never really was. He had a couple of good years after that. But never really, never really kind of stayed at that fifty goal pace, right? And right. Uh, didn't quite pan out. Yeah, you know? but at the same time, I don't know if the, it was a wise decision to favor Corey Cluston because, well, if you want to compare careers after the rift, rift between Heatley and Corey Cluston at that stage, like Heatley, even though he wasn't what he was, uh, he didn't fade as hard as Corey Cluston did. I don't even know where Corey Cluston is right now, to be honest. He certainly didn't coach in the NHL again. Right. Anyway, we shall take yeah. our leave. Another one bites the dust. Yes, sir. Don't forget our website, stevewproject.com. All kinds of cool stuff you can find there. We encourage you to check it out. And we also encourage you to drop us a note if you have any feedback on the show or if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about. stevewproject.com. James, enjoy your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, 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 that's Steve Warren. He's the host of the show. Let him back in the booth. Let him, he hosts the SWP. Hey. (laughs) We'll see you. Good night, everybody. Does your team suck? Is your team looking for answers on offense? Well, then it's time to consider Danny Heatley. Danny Heatley, if used as directed by him, 
can help restore a healthy offense. Danny Heatley may score 50 goals next season, and at least a few of them will be meaningful. You need to talk to your GM to see if Danny Heatley is right for you. Side effects of Danny Heatley include thin skin, whiny attitude, slow feet, potential cancer in the room. Don't take Danny Heatley if your team has chemistry. Danny Heatley should not be combined with coaches who like hard work. Danny Heatley may cause anxiety, bitterness, overactive saliva glands, and empty bank account. Talk to your GM and see if Danny Heatley is right for you.